walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, the hardest part of the ring, back at you with another Apron Bump podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, and we're here to talk a little WCW Great American Bash 1995 who man this is a uh, this is a doozy and a half this show man I hope you know you, you you turn this podcast on you hit play boy howdy I hope you like Jim Duggan I hope you like Dick Slater I hope you're interested in Renegade's in-ring debut and i hope you're interested in fucking rabbits because that is all on this show <laughs> dave sullivan man that that guy's a character huh how about that date that dave sullivan i'm sorry evad evad <clears throat> i'm i'm kind of i mean i'm not joking because like that all is that's all on this show, but <laughs> honestly, this was a very uh, enjoyable show to watch in reality. I mean, I'm going to tell you this. WCW, they 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 continue to exceed my expectations because, man, 94, beginning of 95, did not have me optimistic about this year for World Championship Wrestling. But, man, their past couple shows, Slamboree was pretty good. This show, Great American Bash, was pretty good as well for the most part. You know, they do have fucking an arm wrestling match and Sergeant Craig Pittman on this show. But you also have Alex Wright versus Brian Pillman, which uh, from what I've seen thus far, so everything from Spring Stampede 94 up till now, Alex Wright versus Brian Pillman at Great American Bash 1995 just talking about in ring, you know, without the context of the storylines or the, the the stakes involved. As far as just the in ring product, this is the best match that I've seen so far, by by a country mile. Close number two is the King of the Road match, but Alex Wright versus Brian Pillman, an amazing match, and uh, that opens the show. And we, you know, honestly, after watching this whole show, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens on this show. A lot of really major pivot points. But Alex Wright versus Brian Pillman probably left the biggest impression on me. And it's probably what I'll associate this show with going forward, which is uh, a good thing because, uh, man, there is a lot of garbage on this show as well. But 
Oh, and by the way, this show is headlined by Macho Man versus Ric Flair. So that just goes to show that that Brian Pillman and Alex Wright, that just shows how, how awesome that match was. Even though Macho Man versus Flair was great, I think all the storytelling elements were... Uh, I mean, it's fucking Macho Man and Ric Flair. You know it's going to be a good match. But it's definitely... It comes off as like a... Uh, like they're setting up for something bigger, which is a... Uh, what is it? A lifeguard fucking on a pole match? Or, I don't know what it is. Probably has no payoff, but... I enjoyed I enjoyed their match at Great American Bash. We got the Nasty Boys here. We got Harlem Heat. We got Arn Anderson. We got lots of good stuff on this show as well. So I don't want to paint it like this show is just nothing but shit. But uh, it is what it is, I guess. We're deep into 95 WCW, man. Gotta expect a lot of uh, tomfoolery, let's just say. And uh, yeah, fun show to watch and an even... More fun podcast coming at you with my special guest, Brian, from the Within the Ropes podcast, a uh, wrestling podcast. He does daily post-show reviews of all the major shows, so all the WWE stuff, AEW, as well as some other stuff, too. Brian's uh, really, you know, on, on top of it as far as getting these re- reviews out early. I was hella impressive honestly and i tell him that in the podcast but he does a really good job with it too really entertaining podcast so go check it out within the ropes you can follow him on twitter at within the ropes and check out his website within the ropes podcast.com to find all his episodes find it wherever you listen to podcasts and we have a good old time such such a hilarious time with brian on this episode even though we butt heads on a few things uh, namely Jim Duggan and fucking Renegade. Oh man, I, I'm I'm so disappointed in Brian for you know what? We'll get into it. But if you enjoy these WCW reviews, go to apronbump.com. That's my website where you can find all of my full episodes. You can go there, you can select the uh the app of your choice in which you listen. And you can also select uh, different timelines and promotions to listen to, to listen to the entire timeline. So you can go to the episodes tab at apronbump.com. You can select WCW and it'll bring you to all of my WCW reviews that I've done up to this point. Or you can also select Wrestling Wars of the 90s and it'll bring you to all of not only WCW, but also WWF and ECW all done chronologically so you can relive the wrestling wars of the 90s as we kind of ramp up here. We're still kind of building to it. We're almost at Nitro. We're almost kind of sort of not really that close to the Attitude Era, but we're we're building towards it slowly but surely. So go check that out and go check out all of my other episodes as well. But yeah, let's waste no further time. Let's get into it. WCW. Great American Bash 1995 with myself and Brian from the Within the Ropes podcast. Oh man, yeah. Woo-hoo! I was uh, I was just listening to your AEW review and man, I'm okay. I'm so happy that I'm not the only one that didn't realize it was FTR. See, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bucks like, oh, come on, like it's clearly who's going to say it? We all know it's FTR. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. I knew that. Yeah. 
Right. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Look at AW always making me feel stupid, but always, always. Oh my uh, goodness. But speaking of AEW, WCW ninety five. Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty much the same, right? Absolutely. All <laughs> all the same. <laughs> yeah. Did you uh did you get a, did you get a chance to watch the show? I did. I did. Thoughts? Uh, well, I guess first, were you like a uh were you a WCW guy growing up? Yes, I was actually. Yeah. I was more of a I was more of a WCW guy than I was a, a WWE guy. Yeah. For sure. So were you watching like live the the show as it was happening? Oh yeah. So I started my my earliest memory was uh Bash at the Beach ninety four. Okay. <clears throat> Hogan and Flair. And um that was like the earliest that I can remember. Yeah. And then after that, I, I was I just I was just watching it all the time. Right. Yeah, I feel like that's like when WCW like like peak WCW. That's like where it like starts to like ramp up a little bit. Like so that's where Hogan debuts, right? Mm-hmm. Bash at the beach. Yep. Yep. And we're uh yeah, I guess we're like roughly a year after that here at Great American Bash. Uh Hogan's still the top guy here. Yep. But uh, he's actually not on the show, which is a weird move. Um, oh. Were you, I guess if you're watching the show, were you like upset that Hogan wasn't on the card? Um, Or did you even notice? It was, it was a little hard to notice. It was still a lot going on at that time, you know, with yeah. Macho and Flair and, you know, every everybody else that they were trying to mix in at that time. Um, so it was a little hard to, to, to notice, but then at the same time too, I I felt like they, he was more of like the, the attraction, right? So right. you weren't gonna get him all the time. So, right, that's cool. No, yeah, that, that's definitely a good point because you know if you have a guy showing up every month, all of a sudden he's not as special. So, exactly. Um, and I feel like this show, because I I've been you know watching all these WCW shows ninety four ninety five, and for the most part they're like. I don't even know how to describe it, man. But a lot of them aren't that great, especially no. in the ring. But yeah. this show here was like kind of an outlier because there was actually a lot of good in-ring uh, stuff on this show. Oh, yeah. I thought, especially the opener, but like all throughout the, the show. The opener, man. I mean, when you talk about athleticism, um, technical, um, exciting. Yeah. I mean, especially with the two guys, Alex Wright, who was the the young up and comer, uh, mm-hmm. Flying Brian, who's you know, sort of the veteran in that situation. Right. You can kind of tell throughout the match too that that Brian was kind of walking him through the match. Yeah. No. If, yeah. For sure. Points. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, so like the opening match, so we got Flying Brian Pillman versus Alex Wright, and I think this is like Alex's like second or third match, at least on pay per view in WCW. So like you said, he's still very new. Pillman's still, he's a young guy himself, but he's definitely more established in the company. And uh, yeah, like you said, man, it was just like technically sound, which is like nowadays you're like, okay, we get that everywhere. But <laughs> 95, especially WCW, this was like, this blew my mind watching this. Yeah. Um, and it was good because it had, it had like the fast paced style and, you know, all the like the, the, Ranas and the flips and all that stuff very ahead of its time in a lot of ways but yeah. it also had that kind of element of storytelling to it because brian being the more uh experienced guy i guess in this match 
because yeah, they're, they're two pretty evenly matched physically. They're both mm-hmm. young guys, similar size, similar style. But Brian uses his experience and his kind of like veteran kind of attitude to kind of take advantage at some points. Because there's like one point where they're like trading all these like fancy moves and chain wrestling and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, yeah. Pillman just slaps him in the fucking chest. It's like, oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, and woke uh, up the crowd a bit when he did that, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that added like a bit of an intensity to it, too. But uh, yeah, a bunch of dives and really good drop kicks and stuff in this match. Um, at one point, Pillman's kind of been beat on for a little bit. Alex Wright tries to whip him into the ropes, but Pillman just falls. I guess I don't know if it's if it's his leg or just the exhaustion of it. Yeah. He does it twice. But that damn Brian Pillman playing possum. because uh, Alex Wright, he tries to take advantage. He goes to the top rope, tries to go for like some sort of flying something, but Pillman hits him with a drop kick in midair. Boom. Man, that the timing of that was just it was just perfect. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Um, but ultimately the finish uh, Pillman goes for a sunset flip. Alex Wright just kind of drops his weight down, pins him out of nowhere. And uh, yeah, Alex Wright gets the win here, but they hug after. So I guess no uh, bad blood unless I'm, uh, you know, I, mean, I don't really know what happens after this. Maybe he's just, again, playing <laughs> possum, learning it, learning a uh, false sense of security again. But uh, right, right. yeah, I, I love this match. What about you? It was great, man. Like I said, it it, it definitely felt like, you know, the teacher and a student uh, moment. Yeah. Flying Brian, you know, um, who was, in my opinion, sort of like the veteran going into this match. Alex Wright, the young, fresh upstart. Um, he's got all the heart. He's definitely got all the moves as well. Um, one thing that stood out to me was, you know, Alex Wright has, he's got a hell of a drop kick. He does. You know, the drop kicks, the... Um, just the the fast pace uh, of this match was was really really good to me and and the ending was certainly a surprise I I, I didn't expect I also was like uh oh Brian's right. down like what's 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 gonna happen and then boom he hit that drop kick yeah. out of nowhere but then obviously Alex Wright was able to you know pull it off oh that that <laughs> that German heart of his just you know it it overcomes all you know what pissed me off Absolutely. about this match I don't think he ever did the dance. Alex Wright. He did it. He did it. it was, that's why that's what people come to see. Yeah. I even seen they had cut to the crowd a few times. People had signs of the little dance, the you know. They had Wait, what's what's the dance again? I forget. You know, was, well. Okay. All right. <laughs> I respect it. You know. <laughs> you know, that dance a cappella just doesn't look <laughs> that's like one of those dances where you need the music. <laughs> <laughs> well with acapella you can you can really just put any kind of music to it yeah <laughs> oh man i have that footage now we're recording i can do whatever yes. i want with it yes. you just made a mistake there sir <laughs> <laughs> you know that that was the the twitter account t- taz vibing to to music oh boy that's gonna be the new one <laughs> yes <laughs> oh, oh but man. uh speaking of vibing we got Diamond Dallas Page out here next. <laughs> Early DDP is a sight to behold. Let me mm-hmm. let me tell you. It is like this is like when you're a kid and you're creating a wrestler in a video yeah. game. 
and you give yeah. you give them all the the jacket, the cigar, the hat, the cane, all all the ladies walking. Oh, it's just so bad, dude. <laughs> and like he's coming out here, and they do like a little recap on this show from their uh, I guess main event or whatever the TV show was. And uh, I guess so maybe you can tell me more about this. Was DDP's gimmick like the arm wrestler guy? You know, I think with Max Muscle being in his, in his corner, it seemed like they sort of tried to go that route. Yeah. But I wasn't too sure. Are, are you a big Max Muscle guy? <laughs> Max Muscle was Big Papa Punk before Scott Steiner was Big <laughs> Papa Pump. <laughs> It's like you just take Scott Steiner and you just zap all the charisma from it. <laughs> just, just absolutely. Oh, uh, but um, I always wondered why WWCW didn't use guys like Max Muscle more. I mean, I know that his his physique and his look fit more of WWE at the time. Yeah, but you know, was he never in WWE? Max Muscle? I don't remember. I don't remember. He yeah. might have been. Right. Yeah. It seems like a guy they would go after for sure. Yeah. If nothing else, as like a jobber or something. Um, they had a lot of big meaty guys yeah. come through that, that place. <laughs> slapping, <laughs> slapping some meat, some may say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, DDP on, on TV, he's been like arm wrestling guys and he's using Max Muscle, who's his like bodyguard, I guess, to like help him cheat. Like Muscle will like put his feet out to give DDP leverage to win or like distract <laughs> the other guy and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And um. So you see all that on TV and they're like, man, I bet people would pay to see this. So they put this on uh, pay-per-view as well. So we got DDP versus Dave Sullivan in an arm wrestling match. I'm sorry. DDP versus Evad. Yeah. Which I guess. <laughs> what is the, the origin of that name? Do you know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, that's just the tip of the iceberg as far as confusion I have with Dave Sullivan and what he's doing here. But... <laughs> Um, so he's going by Evad, I guess. And I think that transitions into the Dungeon of Doom. Am I correct in that? Yep. Um, so that's a thing. And then we have, uh, so basically this arm wrestling match has high stakes anyways. So it has, um, so if, it, if DDP wins, oh, by the way, I should, I should lay the backstory here. Uh, Evad, for some reason, has a bunny, uh, a rabbit, I guess. Uh, his name's Ralph. Ralph the Rabbit. <laughs> Ralph the Rabbit. And, uh, he seems very uh the way he talks to this rabbit is um it makes me uncomfortable watching yeah. it. I'm just gonna uh I'm just gonna They're say, close friends. Some may say too close. I think he's a little too close to that rabbit. But you know, not here to judge. Uh love who you wanna love or what you wanna love. But uh Evad's here. <laughs> so the stakes here is if DDP wins, he gets Ralph. And if De- uh, Evad wins. He gets to go on a date with the Diamond Doll, who uh, is this DDP's wife, girlfriend, or just some some floozy on the street? You know <laughs> what is what does DDP want with a rabbit? Look <laughs> here, uh, bro. Look. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. He's, oh man. I I, I don't want to know what DDP. It's probably better than whatever Dave Sullivan has planned for this rabbit. So. Honestly, Probably. I was kind of rooting for DDP here, but um, so yeah, that's a thing. So they get in the ring. There's a you know the, the whole arm wrestling gimmick set up there. You know how it is. Uh, Dave Sullivan's in there in full wrestling attire for some reason. 
he put on knee pads for an arm wrestling match. I, I don't yeah. understand the uh, logic. Maybe he had a cool he had a cool hat on. Yeah, well, it didn't fit because of his big ass head. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see it? the buttons were the, which, but- <laughs> yeah, the buttons they were unbuttoned like he the biggest hat he could find, I guess. Yeah, which I can I can empathize with that. I I, I very seldom find a hat that fit. I'm, I'm an eight and three quarters guy myself, so okay. Um, yeah, my head's kind of. I mean, even with the hair, it's kind of. Look, I wasn't saying. I wasn't gonna say anything, but yeah. <laughs> um, look, neither of us can make fun of his head. His head here. No, okay? no, not at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Dave's in there. He's on one side. DDP is on the other. Dave turns his hat around. I mean, that shows it's serious business. Uh, pick, pick a chew, I choose you. You know how all that goes. Yep. And uh, so the arm wrestling match gets underway. It's back and forth. Oh, man, it's back and forth. And then uh, Max Muscle, of course, is there. He tries to help DDP, but the ref, I believe it's Nick Patrick. He's uh, he's wise to his ways. So he kind of yells at Max Muscle, tells him to back off. But uh, Max accidentally bumps into the diamond doll and uh, he trips over her, runs into DDP. This messes DDP up. So this allows Evad <laughs> to get the win. In this arm wrestling match. So he wins a uh, a date with the Diamond Doll. Uh, what, do you, what do you think that date is? Probably a, a trip to the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> is that the equivalent to going to like a strip club? Absolutely. <laughs> <Dave> <laughs> oh, yeah. Those Diamond Doll, let me show you the bunnies. <laughs> I got to show you the bunnies. Oh, no. <laughs> they do great things, Diamond Doll. <laughs> Get get Allie from AEW away from him. That's all I got to oh, say. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. He would just explode. There you um, go. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> so to speak. But. <laughs> you know, oh, my you know, God. The, we, we see Alex Wright, Brian Pillman. They're in there. They go like 15 minutes. Beautiful match back and forth. You know, you got the moves. You got the flips. You got the selling. The great storytelling. And then we got DDP walking out here with a cigar and trying to fuck a rabbit. So you got any other thoughts on this match? (laughs) Um, I mean, it wasn't not much. I mean, other than the fact that the cigar that DDP had looked like it was 10 days old. (laughs) It was so soggy and it looked like just a a big roll of paper. Um, Dave Sullivan meant business. He really wanted this date with Diamond Doll. So like you said, he came prepared in his ring gear, he was ready for anything, any and everything at that point. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, good for Dave, man. Yeah, good on him. I, ho- I hope it all works out for him. Man, the crowd cannot give two fucks about Dave Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the crowd, earlier in the like in the pay per view, Shivani had said that there was not one empty seat in the arena, and then they cut to a part. Where the whole, the complete opposite side, there's like, there's like a bunch of seats that are like <laughs> wide open. I'm like, I thought you said this was sold out. Like, come on. Hey, it's, you know, they're all in the bathroom concession stand. They'll be back. The traffic, to, traffic, you know. To be fair, Hogan wasn't there, so. Right. Yeah, where, where were they again? Do you remember? Um, uh, they it were was like in Dayton, Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. Yes. Which is a big wrestling town, right? Yeah. So uh-huh. there's really no, 
<laughs> excuse, I guess. I guess Evad versus DDP in arm wrestling match wasn't the, uh, the marquee that people were looking for. <laughs> but I'll tell you what probably was. It's probably what the crowd wanted was Jim Duggan versus Sergeant Craig Pittman. Uh, do you like? <laughs> All right. This is a very important question. Do you like Jim Duggan? I do. <laughs> Fuck. I'm sorry, guy. Right. You, 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 all right, we're, we're, we'll just we'll, we'll finish the show out. Just real quick, we'll bang it out. Just I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, that's you know what. If if nothing else, he's less annoying here than Craig Pittman is. Oh man. Can you can you describe? Because I'm unfamiliar. With Sergeant okay. Craig Pittman. This is the only Sergeant Craig Pittman match I've ever seen in my life. Can you like describe mm-hmm. him for the people? I would say WCW's failed version of Sergeant Slaughter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, they tried to make him serious, but I think he was just a bit too goofy. He, he had a bit of like a George the Animal Steel vibe to him. Yeah, there we go. So yeah. That's perfect. I yeah, think it's like a absolutely. blend of Slaughter and Steel. Yeah. Because he, he's like. He's like a he's a drill instructor, I guess. Yes. Um, but he has like the like the and he walks around like a like a tr- like a, I don't know, like yeah. um like low key or somebody like somebody like like that. And um, but like I said, like George Animal Steel, like I'm expecting this guy to like rip like the turnbuckle off. He, at one point, he does rip Duggan's knee pad off. Yes. I believe I don't quite remember. It looked like he like he didn't like slide it. He didn't slide it around his foot. He just yanked it off he his leg. Yanked it completely off of his knee, which at that point I was like, "Whoa, savage!" That's a savage. Um, but this is a. Uh, so I guess Pittman. This this match felt like like an MMA fight almost, yes. but not mm-hmm. like a, t- a 2021 UFC, like a like a 1995 UFC match when the guys yep. like when there was no weight classes and guys and no gloves. <laughs> Like you'd have a guy in a karate gi versus a guy that fought in a bar once and you'd throw the cage. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's the vibe I got from this match. Oh, it was um, 100%. I don't know. What, what, what were your thoughts on the match in general, I guess? Um, the match in general, to me, I was kind of surprised that they had uh, Craig Pittman get in such such great offense throughout the entire of this match. I mean, usually Jim Duggan's matches are kind of like, like I would say medium squashes where mm-hmm. his opponent would get a little offense in and then Duggan would just hulk up and, you know, he'd get the job done. But that wasn't the case <laughs> in this match. He'd get the job done. <laughs> Jim Duggan doesn't do wrestling moves. He just runs into people and hopes yeah. to stay down. <laughs> oh, he would just, hulk, like I say, he would hulk up in a sense and, just start going crazy around the ring, shoulder blocks and yeah, uh, clotheslines. He, he you know, he it. had his he had his five moves. Yep, <laughs> the two by four, the thumbs yeah. up, <laughs> and the pin. Those are his five and the, moves. And the and the tape. He used to wrap his wrap his fist up with the tape. Oh, because that adds power to his punches. You see, absolutely. That's why people wear wrist tape <laughs> to add power to their punches. Oh, man. But uh, yeah, like you said, Pittman gets a lot of offense in this match. I guess he's he's portrayed as like the guy that knows submissions. So he's Mm -hmm. like attacking Duggan's knee. Like we said, he does like some submissions on his knee. He wraps Duggan's leg around the ring post at one point 
Yeah. Like we said, just rips his knee pad off, which is a pretty cool visual, honestly. Yeah. It's really portrayed him like a psychopath. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, he actually ends up winning. Pittman ends up winning with an arm bar, which is kind of bizarre. <laughs> like he's been working the leg the whole match. And then he just I guess that's his finish. The arm bar. I think it should be. I think Pittman, I think they said he had a match earlier. I guess it was like a dark match or whatever. And I guess he broke somebody's arm. So I guess that's like his gimmick that he breaks people's arms. So um, I don't think he <laughs> broke Duggan's arm here. But the finish is actually. Oh, no. You know what? It's a DQ finish. So yeah. Pittman locks in the arm bar. Duggan gets to the ropes, but Pittman doesn't break. Mm-hmm. So the ref DQs him. Yeah. So um, that's the finish. And Duggan grabs his two by four. Chases off the sergeant. He almost hits him too. Yeah. Just as he just <laughs> as he jumps out of the ring, Duggan almost hits him right in the head with that two by four. Yeah, that'll that'll make you run fast when you have Duggan <laughs> chasing after you with his wood. <laughs> you know, actually, a spot that cracked me up in this match. There was a, a part where Jim Duggan he like throws Pittman over the top rope. Uh huh. Which, by the way, why was that not a DQ? Right. But that happens a lot in this show. But I guess maybe they're like <laughs> trying to phase it out, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it's like a spot where he like Duggan's, you know, laying in all this offense. He's like trying to like deposit him to the outside. But mm-hmm. Pittman's like too athletic, so he like lands on his feet like by accident. And he's like, oh wait, I have to fall. Then he just like falls awkwardly <laughs> after landing on his feet. But uh yeah. I don't know if we see too much more Sergeant Craig Pittman after this, but I was never I was not a uh a WCW watcher, so you might know more than me. Does this guy stick around much longer? Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. He does. Well, he's around for a little bit. <laughs> hopefully, they have more rematches because that was a sight to see this match. Oh, I'm I'm almost I'm almost positive 100 that this isn't the last time we see Jim Duggan and Sergeant Craig Pitt. Oh, can't wait! Can't wait! <laughs> Five star classics every time. Absolutely. <laughs> So uh, after this, they go backstage. Mean Gene Okerlund standing with uh, Stephen Regal and Bobby Eaton, the uh, the Blue Bloods. And uh, so this pay-per-view is the Great American Bash, American Bash. And now we have the the dirty foreigners, the Blue Bloods here. <laughs> yep. they, they like reference the Revolutionary War. I don't know. They're babbling about a lot in these in this promo. But um, <laughs> I guess it's uh, promos in general on this show. Did any in particular stick out to you? Um, not really. They all sort of felt like they always. You do. see, like- <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> not enough Hulk Hogan on this show. That really that's, no, that's what was missing. At least we got macho. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we got we get like the, the cliche macho man promo. We get a Ric Flair promo, which is all yep. good. But it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. But Ric Flair's promos were always a treat to watch because, you know, you never really knew what he would say. You knew <laughs> that you knew he was going to say a lot of the same things, but you never really knew he would throw in things just randomly. And then the girls would always mess with with a uh, mean gene. So, yeah, that was always fun to watch. Always, <laughs> always a good time. Hogan! <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good flair. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Macho, I took your wife in yeah. 92 and I took your dad. That's slavery. I do a terrible flare, but all you gotta do is yell. Close enough. And it'll, it'll get you it'll get you there. Yeah, close enough. Um but uh so after 
that we have a tag team match. We've got the Harlem Heat Woo. versus the Stud Stable, which is a team of Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick Slater. That's right. Which I was uh, surprised that he was wrestling at this point, but mm-hmm. he was. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you a big Dirty Dick Slater guy? Yes. <laughs> Buckhouse Bunk. It's you know one thing that cracked me up about him when he would make his entrance to the ring, he would be, you know, making attention. He'd look straight at the camera and go. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Whoa! All right, easy, Bunk. Relax. <laughs> oh, oh, but God. this match, I mean, they're two heel teams mm-hmm. at this point. Not a lot of heat to it. Uh, almost it it's like the Harlem Heat were kind of like in a, a holding pattern here because they're going to be inserted into the title picture later. But this is just kind of a way, I guess, to get them on the pay-per-view uh, crowd wasn't into it. Heenan even was like on commentary. He was like, the crowd doesn't even care who wins this one. I was like, yeah, but you don't need <laughs> what's the Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> but don't say that. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> but right. Um, yeah. I mean, I had really no thoughts uh, that the who even wins. The Harlem Heat wins. Uh, Booker locks Bunkhouse Buck into a small package. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colonel Parker gets in there, shoves him to reverse the pin. But then yep. Sherry comes in after that to reverse it again and yep. uh, gives the Harlem Heat the win. So the Harlem Heat win. And like I said, this kind of just sets them up to be in uh, title contention uh, later down the line. But uh, yeah, any other thoughts on this match? So, um this whole match and this feud, I guess, between these two teams, um, it seemed like it was more about Sherry and Colonel Parker, yeah, than it was about the you know the four men involved. Uh, that's one thing. So it was always funny to watch the Harlem Heat versus any Colonel Rob Parker teams because it would always become more about Sherry and Colonel Rob Parker, and she would always kick his ass. So yeah. that was fun. But another thing that <laughs> that stood out to me was the ending when um, Booker had him in the roll-up and Colonel Parker pushes uh, them over, but then Sherry comes in and pushes Booker over on him. And then Dick Slater is just standing there as the referee counts one, two, three, literally just standing there. Yeah. not do- And then kind of like looks around like, what's going on? What? I'm like, ah, oh, come on. It, Dirty Dick. could have got at least had a better ending than that. Well, he so, was, you know, he thought Buck had the pin and he was, you know, <laughs> trying to defend against Stevie Ray. It was the whole thing. It was, you know, so <laughs> that's what he was doing. Just looking at the camera too much. <laughs> but I'm, gl- I'm actually glad he brought up Colonel Parker and Sherry being in yeah. a feud because the uh, here's the build to this match, which I forgot to mention because <laughs> I showed this before the match. Uh, Colonel Parker pretty much just sexually assaults Sherry. Uh, oh. just grabs her and kisses her and then Sherry oh, slaps man. her and then now we have the match. <clears throat> yep. 1995. 1995, everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. In a nutshell. But uh, I guess, you know, the Heat get the win, get their Heat yep. back, so to say. No, no. Yep. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was a match uh, that happened. But uh, so after this, they recap once again to main events uh, in the weeks leading up to this show. And uh, I guess there was a segment where Nick Bockwinkle, who's like the commissioner, GM kind of authority figure for WCW at this point, mm-hmm. Vader confronts him on the stage because I guess he wants a title match with Hogan. 
and uh, Hogan comes out, hits Vader in the back with a chair. They have a whole pull apart. They they want to kill each other, and then um, cuts back live to Nick Bockwinkle once again, who is standing with Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan at the commentary table, and he's there. He's there to announce the main event at the next pay per view, which. <laughs> Doesn't remember what the pay-per-view is, Nick Bockwinkle, but it's, you know, <laughs> minor detail. What, what, what What's the show? Bash at the Beach. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Says it's going to be Hogan versus Vader in a steel in a salad steel cage. That's right. For the world title. So I guess that's the blow off of their feud. Uh, what do you think? Because Hogan and Vader, neither guy shows up on this show, even though they kind of tease it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But this match is announced for Bash at the Beach, a year later after Ho- Hogan debuts in WCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of like the Hogan-Vader feud in general? It was okay. I felt like, you know, obviously, you put the big guy against Hogan, you know? It's the uh, formula. Yeah, absolutely. And it worked for the most part until they ran out of big guys to yep. put up against Hogan. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but it was good, though. I, I believe... I, it was for the. It was gonna be for the title, right? Yes. Okay, because I, I can't. I can't remember if Hogan was the champ at the time. So he was. Yeah, he won it at. Was it Bash at the Beach where he won? I think, I think it, was, it was. Yeah, it was Bash at the Beach. Okay, so he had. Dang, he had it that long, huh? Yeah. Yep. Sheesh. It's uh. <laughs> you know what's funny? I I can't remember when the last time he defended it was because the last show Slamboree, he was in a tag team match, so he didn't defend it there. Mm-hmm. The one before that was uncensored. And there was no title matches because it was uncensored and unsanctioned. Yep. Um, I don't even know if he defended it at the one before that. So it's been like probably four or five months since he's defended the title at this point. Yeah. Um, the most prestigious championship in all of professional wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll tell you what is. It's, <laughs> it's the TV title. The WCW Absolutely. TV, t- especially right. with who walks out as champion, really adds to the prestige. Yes. All right, uh, I'm gonna give you a chance to redeem yourself. <laughs> it's my favorite. You you better be talking about Arn Anderson. Oh, uh, don't please don't. do not sit there <laughs> and tell me that you are a fan of the Renegade. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <coughs> wait, Kyle, listen to me real quick. Yep, I genuinely thought no. the Renegade. No, 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 don't say it. <laughs> Look, we we both okay. We were both bamboozled by FTR on AEW. It's fine, all right. They were wearing masks. I really thought uh-huh. that the Renegade. <laughs> yeah. Well, what you who you think he was? I thought he was the Ultimate oh, Warrior. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's he has he, They're both people. <laughs> they both have arms and legs, and uh, hair. So, <coughs> excuse me. Listen, I listened to your slavery. Yep. And um, you mentioned the Renegade. I did. <laughs> or yep. the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> tomato, tomato, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, it was only right. Yep. He's uh. So you're, you're a big fan of the um, Renegade. What's your favorite? What 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 what, <laughs> what draws you to the Renegade? Um. <coughs> Well, now that I think about it, was he the renegade or was he Rob Van Dam? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's closer to Rob Van Dam, I think. 
the 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 tights. It seemed to be a trend back then, though. Anybody who was managed by Jimmy Hart had like colorful tights or tights oh, yeah. with their opponent on it, or you know the championship that they held, graffiti, whatever. So I liked that style of gear that mm-hmm. um, the Renegade had, and I mean he just he reminded. I thought he, I thought he was the Ultimate Warrior at the time. So. Yeah. Man. I was like, wow, like this man. You know? <laughs> when, when you found out that he was not the ultimate warrior, was that like Santa Claus isn't real? Like <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> but you felt like a real goose when you found that out. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> but um, <laughs> for some reason, he has a title shot against the TV champion who is Arn Anderson. Mm-hmm. So, Arn, if you're going to have somebody to carry Renegade to a match, it's Arn Anderson. And, um, so Renegade debuted, I don't know, like three or four months before this. And I've yet to see this dude do any offense of any sort. Like, I'm convinced they're like, wow, this guy's so unathletic. We can't trust him to throw a punch because he's going to hurt somebody. Yeah. So I'm, I see this on the car and I'm like, wow, what's going to happen here? And the first bit of <laughs> offense, he, I don't know why this, this made me belly laugh so much when I saw this. So the, his first offense <laughs> that Renegade ever does on pay-per-view, he whips Arn into the corner and just runs into him, and then they both fall down. Like, yeah. it's so, so, <laughs> it was so clumsy. <laughs> it was like, of course, that, of course, that's where, like, you know, you see someone like Renegade, who is mm-hmm. supposed to be Ultimate Warrior-esque. Mm-hmm. You would think he'd be more, like, I don't know, explosive, maybe? Yeah. He's definitely a good athlete, because he does a little spot where he, like, jumps over the top rope to the floor, lands on his mm-hmm. feet. Like he moves around, I guess his footwork's okay, but like yeah. felt like this match was like a lot of abdominal stretches and headlocks. You'd think Renegade would be like suplexing him and you know, gorilla press and <laughs> all that stuff. And then we just have you know, Renegade, he comes out here, you know, the camera's shaking, he's red hot, and then abdominal stretch. <laughs> it's like, all right, he was he 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 looked like a mixture of the ultimate warrior. Um, Rob Van Dam, but they tried to make him sting in the ring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know what their thought process was. Uh, <laughs> the crowd, uh, just like um, you know, some of the matches before this, they were not into the Renegade here. They were definitely pro Arn Anderson. Yes, they were chanting DDT throughout the entire match, and mm-hmm. um, at one point, Arn hits the Spinebuster. To a major pop. Crowd loves it. Uh, Renegade kicks out at two. So this causes Arn Anderson to go to the top rope, as he often would. I guess I don't know why he thought this was a good idea. Um, <laughs> but he's cut off by Renegade. So you got Arn is sitting on the top rope. Renegade kind of hits a Samoan drop type of move onto Arn Anderson. And uh, Renegade goes to the top rope, hits a big splash for the win. Pins Arn Anderson. And we Renegade <laughs> is the new WCW World Television Champion. Yep. This dude gets pyro. He gets a championship celebration. The Renegade does. <laughs> this asshole with an R painted on his face. Felt like felt like WrestleMania when the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, the boyhood dream. <laughs> the boyhood dream has come true. Oh, I got confetti. It's it's all. And if you're like, man. Not quite wacky enough. I need some more. Well, yeah. just to add to this, the big show, Paul White, 
Earth, sorry, the giant Paul yes. White is ringside. He, uh, but we don't know he's the giant. We don't know what his name is or why he's here. I don't even think he's, you know, in kayfabe, a part of WCW at this point. But he's ringside, and Renegade wins. He walks out with the title, and Paul White stands up, and then they stare down each other. Him and Renegade do. Yep. Um, man, oh boy. a green Big Show <laughs> versus a green Renegade match. That boy, that just sounds awful. It does. <laughs> Please it tell me it happens. Does. does it happen? <laughs> you know what? Now that I think about it. It may have. I it hope it does. Have. That sounds like a car crash I would love to see. <laughs> <laughs> it may it, if it did, I know it was I know it was certainly a squash if it did. Right. Because isn't the st- isn't like isn't Big Show's first match against Hulk Hogan for the title? I believe so. Or like yes. very early on. So maybe it yeah. just doesn't kind of materialize into anything. But yeah. Could be just like a <laughs> Dungeon of Doom, like, you know, Paul White's in the Dungeon of Doom, Renegade's on the other side. It's like, yeah. a, I don't know, you know, gang warfare type of stuff. But, Jimmy uh, Hart on a pole match. <laughs> well, <baby. laughs> but yeah, you brought up like the graffiti. I cracked like the Nasty Boys had like the jackets with the graffiti with their faces mm-hmm. on it and Renegade. Yep. Like, you could tell it was all by, done by the same person. Yep. Um, which. Brings us to this next match. So we have the tag titles on the line. The Nasty Boys versus the Blue Bloods. Bobby Eaton and Steve Regal. Oh, man. They are. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. I don't know why I love the Nasty Boys so much, but yes. I'm, I'm a Nasty Boys mark at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just so like. Like in preview, like the like the Harlem Heat stud stable match. The crowd didn't care. This match they were all into. You know, it's not like the talent was like drastically different between the two, but they were just way into this match. Um, Maybe it's the because like we said, it's Great American Bash. They have the uh, the, like the the dirty foreigners from the UK versus Mm -hmm. the nasty boys, which I guess encompass what America is. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) Um, but I I, I really enjoyed this match for what it was. What about you? I did, too. Um, And the nasty boys. They were nasty. I and they were boys. Young. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching and being like, yo, these guys are gross, but um, they can really wrestle. Yeah. And I'm, a, I'm actually a little surprised here that the nasty boys picked up the win. Yeah. Um, well, but hey. the way it happens was kind of... Because it sets, I think, the next pay-per-view, it's a triple threat match mm-hmm. for the titles. And the win was kind of like a fluke, kind of accident, accidental thing. Mm-hmm. So the match happens. It, it almost feels like a, a tornado tag a lot of the time. It's very yeah. chaotic. A lot of WCW's tag matches felt like that, though. Yeah. A lot Especially of fun. In, if, 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 if it involved Harlem Heat, Public Enemy, or the Nasty Boys... Right. It always felt like a disaster tornado, <laughs> Chicago street fight. No yeah. matter what, no matter where they were on that night, it was Chicago, New York, mm-hmm. uh, Ohio, uh, <coughs> Charlotte. It didn't matter. Yeah. Always, <laughs> always. It's always pity city wherever yes. they are. And, <laughs> and they do that in the beginning of the match. 
It's where they take their opponents and put their face in their armpit, which yep. doing that to Regal and Eaton and their facials, oh. like reacting to it is just oh, it's so perfect. It's like <laughs> that famous GIF when Rikishi gets the stink face and he's like <laughs> <laughs> it's the same deal. Oh, like, I don't know. Only the nasty boys can get me to pop for an atomic drop on a steel chair. Yeah. I think the atomic drop Yikes. needs to come back as a finisher, personally. Yikes. It's it's so good. But um, <laughs> they get in the they get in the ring. Finally, the blue buds kind of take advantage once it becomes like more of a wrestling match. Yeah. When it starts, stops, they stop fighting outside of the ring and they get back on the apron and stuff. Uh, but towards the end, Stevie Ray. And Sherry come out to distract the ref. Booker T comes in on the other side, hits the Harlem hangover onto Brian Knobs, who's laid out in the ring. And as Booker T goes to, like, jump over the top rope to leave the ring, Bob Eaton, who's on the top rope, he gets, like, shooken up by the ropes and he falls. Booker <laughs> T wasn't trying to do this. It was an accident. So Bobby Eaton falls, and this allows Jerry Sags to hit an elbow drop from the top rope. Brian Knobs makes the cover, and the Nasty Boys get the win. So it seemed like the Harlem Heat here were trying to screw over the Nasty Boys because yeah. they had been feuding for months and months before this. Mm -hmm. um, but lo and behold, they cost the Blue Bloods the win. And uh, like Booker I said... T just making mistakes, man. <laughs> Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. <laughs> My favorite part about that is like when he like he like goes from this to like <coughs> rubbing his hands like yeah yeah menacing yeah and then he's like yeah <laughs> flexing <laughs> if I flex my pecs enough they'll forget what you said that's got to be close when does that happen is that is, uh, is that around this time yeah 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 I think it is yeah because there was Sherry and Hogan's there so it's got to be I'll I'll keep an eye out for it. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, any other uh any other thoughts on this tag title match? Um not really. Just it, yeah. it felt like a normal, you, you know, like 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 I said a lot of their a lot of WCW tag matches, you know, it was chaos. They always involved the nasty boys, Harlem Heat. Or public enemy, so yeah, <laughs> you know the the blue bloods too. Every now and then, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a WCW tag match if it didn't involve Harlem Heat and the Nasty Boys. So right, well, I'm enjoying the public enemy and ECW right now, so I'm sure I'll enjoy them <laughs> just as much in WCW. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, but no, 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 yeah. So. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of hop steppers, we got a few here. So we got the United States title on the line here. That's right. Actually, it's the uh, the finals of yep. the tournament because the title was previously vacated because uh, so Vader won. He beat Jim Duggan for the title, but uh, he was stripped of it. Yep, that one. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I guess Vader like attacked Dave Sullivan and hospitalized him <laughs> on TV. So Nick Bockwinkle stripped him of the title like back in April or whatever. So they started a tournament to crown a new U.S. heavyweight champion. And now we're at the finals. Sting 
versus Meng. What are you? What are your thoughts on Meng, aka Haku? Now listen, I loved I loved Ming. Um, that he was also him and him and Barbarian. Once they formed a tag team, they were also like standard like WCW. Like if it was, it, it, I mean, it wasn't a Nitro if you didn't have them on it. You yeah, know? like it, it, you couldn't have a tag team match if you didn't have the Faces of Fear mm. um, on the show. But yeah, Ming. I mean. He's mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's similar. I have similar thoughts. It's yeah. like, I wouldn't say he's good per yeah. se, but mm-hmm. I love watching him, whatever he's doing. So maybe, maybe oh. that means he is good. I don't know. Yeah. He's just so like unpredictable and like chaotic in his style. Like, oh, he's just entertaining to watch in the ring. Yep. Um, and he's got the perfect baby face foil here and sting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like Ming's in there. It's like all of his offense is like, it's like chops and like tongue and nerve holds. And <laughs> so there's, there's a point where I think like Sting goes for like a sunset flip and Ming like tries to counter it. He's not going down. So he does the whole, it's like he charges up all of his strikes. Yes. <laughs> and so it's a lot of that. But then, but then out of nowhere, Ming, he busts out like the most perfect sit out power bomb that you'll ever see. So it's like out of all the chaos, he does like these really good technically sound moves. That's right. Um, and Sting Sting is Sting. We know who Sting is. Mm-hmm. But, like, when I was watching this match, like, a lot of his comebacks, Stings, they seemed almost sloppy at some points, but almost more, like, realistic. Like, right. the way he would... There was one point where, like, it's like he went to jump up for a drop kick, uh-huh. but he didn't really know what he wanted to do until he was <laughs> in the air. <laughs> so what, what ends up happening is, like, really weird, like, Van Damme, like, karate kick. <laughs> <laughs> which seemed out of place for Sting. Yeah. But like it, it made it feel organic because like he'd be like get whipped into the ropes and then he'd just like springboard off the ropes and just f- throw his body at Ming. Um, kind of almost like a coffin drop at one point in this yeah. match. Kind of a, some foreshadowing there. <laughs> kind of looks like Darby Allen now that I think about it. Just like a jacked up Darby oh, Allen. Man. Yeah. man. You know, I always try to picture Sting with only half of his face painted back then. <laughs> I could see it. I could see it. Um, But uh, Sting at one point locks in the Scorpion Deathlock. Ming powers out with his strong, powerful legs. And uh, Sting hits him with a chop block. Goes to the top rope, hits a clothesline from the top. Then Sting goes back to the top rope and hits a splash. Only a two count. So he's throwing all this huge offense at Ming. It's not it's not taking him down. It's not taking him out. I mean, it's taken him like throughout the entire match. It took him forever to even knock him off his feet. But now he's got him off his feet finally. And then Sting hits like a jumping DDT to follow up all that offense. And that gives him the wins. So Sting wins new U.S. champ. And uh, yeah, that happened. It definitely did happen. Stinger 
<clears throat> going into bash at the beach as the new United mm. States champion. Uh, I believe bash at the beach is in his hometown or oh, of course, something like that. So, I mean, of course you got to put the belt on the stinger. Um, this match was good. It was old, you know, to me it was old fashioned, like sting. I mean, it wasn't any different from sting versus like Vader or anything like that. Yeah. Sting always gave it all he had. And, you know, of course, he came out with the W. Yeah. I mean, probably the best baby face they have in the company at this point, I guess, other than Hogan. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he just did everything so well. Sting, Sting did. didn't lose. Sting didn't lose very much in WCW, especially at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, nobody needs. No, we don't need to talk about that. that that's that's yeah, details. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Sting's the U.S. champion yeah, again. So we have the Nasty Boys win their title match against the Dirty Foreigners. Now we have Sting winning against the Dirty Foreigner here to win the U.S. Cur- champion. So Colonel Colonel Robert Parker is not having a good night. No, he's. <laughs> <laughs> So he's a bit in a he's in a bit of a uh, rebuilding process, I guess. Is Colonel Parker? Yeah, stud stable, not so studly after all, I guess. Um, but that brings us to the main event: Randy Savage versus Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Who man? So backstory here is uh, so Flair was forced to retire after losing to Hogan at Halloween Havoc in the steel cage. But uh, did not last long as Flair would uh, kind of appear in the crowd at the pay-per-views that came after it, um, distracting Macho Man. At one point, it was at Uncensored, uh, Flair dressed as a woman in the crowd (laughs) to, I guess, be incognito about it, jumps the barricade, attacks Macho Man, cost him his match against Avalanche, and... um, I guess Flair's motivation here is to kind of get Macho Man to be like emotional, to try to take advantage, to get Macho Man to demand Flair be reinstated. And this was solidified at the last pay-per-view, Slamboree, when in the main event after the match is over, Angelo Poffo, the father of Macho Man, was in attendance. Flair just beats the shit out of Angelo Poffo, locks him in the figure four, Sends him to the hospital, all that, all that jazz. Yeah. And uh, this is what led Macho to demanding to Nick Bockwinkle that Flair gets reinstated. So Flair's back here in the main event on Father's Day. Uh, I don't know if they planned that. If they did, that's genius. There's months <laughs> leading up is. to it. <laughs> like this whole storyline that revolves around a father happens to be on Father's Day. Um, hey, how about we have it? The, the ending of the Father's Day, brother. <laughs> I think that'll be awesome. <laughs> they had, it was funny. I covered In Your House, which was like mm-hmm. maybe a month before this, whatever Mother's Day was. Or I guess the same every year. But um, In Your House was on Mother's Day, and every promo on that show, the WWF guys would be, always have to mention their mothers. Like, mm-hmm. this one's for Mama Diesel or whatever. And then um, here... Father's Day, WCW, they're doing the same thing. Everybody's the nasty boys are cutting a promo backstage. It's like, well, let me tell you something. This match is for Daddy Nasty. <laughs> like they have to shoehorn it into every promo. Yep. Um, of course. <laughs> it's, yeah, just reinforcing that's Father's Day. I guess we forgot. You thought you were watching Monday Night Raw. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big yikes. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, Macho Man versus Flair. This is more of like a um, it's not like a, like a 30 minute, like five star classic that one might expect when seeing these on the car. There's a lot more storyline based, I feel yeah. like. But for what I, I, I mean, it's Macho Man and Flair. It's going to be entertaining. I mean, my main takeaway here was that like Macho Man had his intensity was like on a completely other completely different level yeah. like you really believe that he wanted to kill flair here i'm almost surprised savage didn't get disqualified you know yeah. every time every time savage had a match that meant something to him or if he was in like a a feud where you know he it, enough is enough like I, I need to get my hands on this guy it's almost like he doesn't really care about wins and losses at that point it's like i yeah. just i just want to kill him but you know uh, definitely Randy Savage always had like a certain intensity about him. Mm-hmm. He was always, you know, ready to go no matter who his opponent was. And Flair, you know, just being Flair, we got all the Flair classics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all the classic stuff from Flair in this match. All the helicopters. All the helicopters yeah. you can want in this match. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, we're not there yet. I'm sure. I'm sure he's. Uh, <coughs> I'm sure he's just uh, a gentleman. At this yes. point. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <clears throat> the nature boy. The nature boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so really, the story here is um, so, so daddy Macho Man's ringside. He has the cane because of the previous attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, Flair teases attacking Angelo Poffo, which this pulls Macho Man out there. He tries to defend his dad, which gets him distracted and allows Flair to hit a chop block on a Macho Man. That then, chop oh man, gets you every time. <laughs> so he does like the uh, the knee drop onto the barricade, starts working the leg of Macho Man. That's pretty much the story of the match, as per most flare matches, obviously with the figure four. Yep. Um, and this that was the story. Like Macho Man would start to get offense, and then Flair would just kick him in the knee. Um, just like a like a, a very you know classic kind of Ric Flair type of match here. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point. Savage starts to get some momentum. Flair rolls to the outside. Macho Man goes for a double axe handle to the outside. But Flair evades and Macho Man takes a brutal bump onto the barricade. Um, and this Flair takes this as a opportunity to go fuck with Macho Man's dad again. So he goes over <laughs> to him and Gil uh, <laughs> <Goal> Angelo <laughs> fights back with his cane, starts yep. choking out Flair with it. And uh, Flair does like the elbow, elbows Macho Man's dad, takes his cane, yep. gets in the ring. Macho Man's back up. He checks on his dad. Hey, yo, dad, you okay? He gets in the ring. That damn Ric Flair still has that cane. Turns yep. around, whacks Macho Man right in the face with his cane. Gives Ric Flair the win. Um, and I don't know if that was just like the perfect camera angle or if mm-hmm. he just actually clocked him in the face with this cane, but it looked really good. And I thought yeah. that was a, um, it almost felt like a, like a, uh, like this match had another gear to it. Like it almost felt like an abrupt finish, Yeah, but it makes sense, you know? So I didn't really have much of a problem with it. Macho man always had like these sympathetic losses. Like, and what I mean by that is like, whenever he would lose, 
you end up feeling bad for him in the end. Like he would always get screwed yeah. out of something, even if the loss really didn't mean much to him. Because, like I said, at, at times you really like wins and losses seem to not matter to him unless mm-hmm. the title was on the line, of course. But it's like he would always try so hard to whether he was, you know, fighting for Elizabeth or fighting for WCW rep, rep, representing the company, fighting for you know his friends or or it didn't matter what he was fighting for. He was going hard yeah. every single time, and 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 you know more often than none, he would always come up with just a little bit short, especially when going up against someone like Flair, who's mm. the dirtiest player in the game. Yeah, <laughs> he sure is, and in more ways than one, I guess. But yeah. uh, oh, oh no, uh, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about old yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you're right. You're totally, you're totally right about Macho Man, and that really made the match seem like a true personal issue, which uh, sucks the viewer in. And ultimately, I guess that's the uh, the point at the end of the day. And this match, I feel like, left you wanting Ric Flair to get his comeuppance. Which uh, I think I looked at the, the card after this, and they have a rematch. Uh, oh, what do they call it? It's like a lumber. They call it a lifeguard something it's, it's like, like a, a lifeguard lumberjack match or something yeah, yeah. which uh, i've never seen this match i can only <laughs> i have many images in my head of what this is going to be and none of them are good so um, yeah <laughs> we'll wait and see on that one i guess but uh man so you're in for a treat <laughs> yeah, uh, deep into 95 wcw it's uh still got the dungeon of doom to get into but yep yep <laughs> That's what this show needed. They didn't have any Kevin Sullivan matches. No, no. That takes it down at least a star for me. A little, yeah, a little bit. (laughs) You know, you're right. You're absolutely right. They're missing a big chunk of what was putting WCW over the hump. They're almost there, though. They were almost there. Was that Kevin Sullivan? Was he the one pushing them? Okay. Yeah, Sullivan was causing all types of problems. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. can't argue with you there oh man all types of issues you know <laughs> a lot of things going on backstage you know oh we're not even into it yet man <laughs> we're, we're we're in early bischoff days this is yeah only... <laughs> nash ain't there yet scott hall no. oh no. we're we're just oh we're we're, we're peaking we're peaking <laughs> we're, we're just enjoying bright-faced alex wright and <laughs> yeah. brian pillman oh but, the ultimate warrior. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Rob Van Dam. <laughs> yeah, that's what this show needed. Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam. Renegade truly was one of a kind, though. You're not wrong. He was. <laughs> he was unique. Well, not even, because he was the ultimate warrior. So he wasn't <laughs> even that. One of a kind. What are you talking about? You thought he was ultimate warrior. That's two that's of a right. kind. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> But uh, but anyway, yes, that brings the show to a close. Any other uh, any other thoughts on a great American Bash '95? Um, nope. I doubt. I, I mean, it, that's what it was. It was Great American Bash '95. I think. Um, yeah, actually, it's a year prior to, in my opinion, what I felt like was one of the greatest Great American Bashes of all time. But mm-hmm. of course, you know, obviously that that was when everything was sort of different. You know, Hall Nash and all that. So right. Um, but yeah, it was it was okay. Like I said, it lacked um, 
excitement. Um, like there was no champ, you know, world championship on the line. Hogan wasn't there. Yeah. Um, no Vader. Um, so yeah, it was a little weird. Felt like. Yeah, it felt like very like nuts and bolts. It felt like yeah. wrestling. Like this is the wrestling show. Like WCW, like in this time period and like when they would become big, it was all about like the storylines and the crazy characters, which you got a little bit of that on this show. But ultimately it was just like, I mean, it was some good wrestling. I mean, probably in the shows that I've covered and I started at Spring Stampede 94 and I've worked my way here. Yeah. This is by far probably the best in ring, you know, bell to bell action. Yeah. And but I, yeah, I would agree. It lacked like a um, like I said, Hogan isn't there. It's almost like this is kind of like a lead in to Bash at the Beach rather than yeah. its own standalone like spectacle. It's yeah. almost like this is here to build up to Bash at the Beach rather than, you know, be a standalone thing. But this felt this felt like a big TV episode of a yeah. Debbie Dynamite. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> it had the it just needed the green frogs. and this was this was pre-cruiserweight division too so yes yes i don't even know when that uh when when, when does that really kick because they because bischoff it starts when bischoff is there because he works with new japan he gets a lot of the guys over from there and mexico and stuff we're we're leading into it because they've made strides in the past year because like a year ago, you wouldn't have seen a match like Alex Wright versus Brian Pillman. You would have gotten Earthquake versus fucking Boss Man. So, yeah, <laughs> um, which I think they still do like after this. Yep. So I'm not, I'm not pretending like we're away from that. But yep. um, they, they, they do feel like the shows are starting to. There's more of like a uh, like differences because like early, like 94, early 95, some of the match, some of the cards would feel like the same thing every match. Yeah. Like you'd have a baby face. And then a heel of some like occupation, like a plumber yep. or a, a, yep. a jail guy or whatever, some yep. big bald dude. And the Johnny heel. Johnny B. Bad, you could throw him in there. Oh, <laughs> enough of Johnny B. Bad. Stupid tan, little Richard asshole. <laughs> Is he gone? Is he Mark Marrow yet? Oh, we gotta be getting close, right? A little close, close. close. Oh, that's. I haven't seen Johnny be bad in, in quite a while, so <laughs> I was wondering why I was starting to enjoy these shows more. I think <laughs> I thought I had lots of reasons as far as how the show was starting. No, it's just no Johnny be bad. It makes a good show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, speaking of good shows, the Within the Ropes podcast. First of all, Brian, yeah, thank you for joining me, uh, taking the time to watch some Jim Duggan and Renegade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you for having me. Yeah. So, wh- where it. can everybody uh, find you and listen to you? Uh, you guys can find me uh, on social media at Within the Ropes, uh, at Brian Tronic as well. Uh, Within the Ropes Podcast.com. That's where you can find all the all the episodes, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're very quick too. You, you you like upload your episodes like before the shows even end. Somehow, I don't even know. <laughs> you're, you're like in some time machine. <laughs> listen, I'm. <laughs> I'm trying to get back on track too. I feel like I've been over the last few weeks. Uh, you know, I, I went to SmackDown and Raw uh, this past week, so like I, I yeah. it's been hard to to stay on track. And then like I got a little cough. Excuse me, I got a little cough. Um, <laughs> so I've been I, I've been like man coughing all over my episodes. I'm like oh god, I'll yeah. just record tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but um, hey, I appreciate. Thank you for having me on, man. I I really I enjoy the show. 
I'm I'm a freaking old school WCW WWF oh, man. mark. So it's 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 definitely great listening to all the reviews and and being able to be here to be a part of one. Absolutely, man. Talking yeah. about the great Renegade. Oh, hey, anytime, anytime Renegade has a monumental career moment, I'll be sure to bring you back on. So hopefully, yes. so hopefully you're never back on here. So, yeah. anyways. <laughs> Once again, thank you to Brian from the Within the Ropes podcast for joining me on this show. Such a good time. Definitely going to be bringing him on again. That was a uh, that was a hoot, to say the least. But go check out his podcast, the Within the Ropes podcast. You can find it at WithinTheRopesPodcast.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at WithinTheRopes. Follow Brian on Twitter at BrianTronic. All that info in the description, as always. Go check out the video versions of my podcast, too. Even if you don't watch them, just fucking turn it on. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the subscribe. Leave a comment. Send me nudes. You know, all of, all of the stuff that you do. And um, yeah, apronbump.com. Once again, for all my full episodes, quickly approaching episode 100. Got some really fun episodes to close out uh, my first 100 episodes of the apron bump thank you guys so much for all the support thus far gonna continue to truck on because uh man we got a lot of uh i mean i mean i'm at least gonna keep going until renegade loses the title i think you know at least that long right uh but yeah that's all daddy has for you today thank you guys so much for listening once again smooches cheek kisses belly button tickles I'm hard.